Hello, and thank you for joining us again on Into the Prey. We've got a quick favour to ask you guys before listening to this week's episode. We want to ask you to go ahead to rate and review Into the Prey so that we can lift the level of what we're doing further. Visibility in the podcast charts would help with that massively. It would also help to address the imbalance where folk can often be very specific and more than willing to leave reviews or so-called reviews when they're not happy with what we're doing. So there are, we believe, a vast majority of you who are happy and appreciative and grateful. It'd be very good to convert that into rates and reviews that give us a more reflective presence in the podcast chart so if you go ahead and do that we've also got a new patreon page if you want to become one of our patrons stroke supporters please do follow that link look at the information and consider doing that as well thanks again for listening and please do feel free to use the contact page to drop us a line with any questions thoughts or reflections the devil wants that on the one half is the blessing camp and on the other half is the repent camp that's what the devil wants okay and that is what's happening but actually, it comes back to this misunderstanding of what it means to, to know and worship and love a good God. Is that the blessing is the repentance. Hello everybody and welcome to our next Into the Prey podcast with Nick and Mary Franks and Dave Brennan. This is our Wednesday session looking at all things related to abortion, fertility. We're talking today about the, the last quarter of 2021, believe it or not, here we are, approaching the last few months of yet another year. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've, I've lost all track of time. Um, it's, all just, it's all just merged into one. I since, thought you'd lost you know. track of your space in the room for a second. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I still feel like we're at the beginning of 2020, but there we are. Yeah, time. I'd like to say time flies when you're having fun, but it's not quite as straightforward as that, is it? Um, we're, we're, as promised today, I'm um, sorry that Mary's not here. Mary's, in all honesty, has had a, a long day the office so maybe we'll talk I don't know around a few things we haven't planned to today I know that you've got a couple of things that you want to just drop into the conversation which is brilliant um as promised the the point of today is to do something like a preview of the next three or four months running up to Christmas and excuse me while I flick in between a couple of screens here but just to remind folk um the, the three things we're going to be talking about are transgender ideology and, and obviously how that relates to abortion. Um, probably slightly inflammatory, but I want to talk about state-sponsored child abuse uh, in relation to that. And then intercession prayer and activism. So in other words, how, how those realities all combine or should combine within the life of the local church. And then that leads on very nicely to the final kind of um, stage of this conversation for the year, which will be to ask everybody to think about the question, is this part of your church? Um, are these are these types of conversations, lines of inquiry, thought process, you know, is that part of the church or the spiritual culture and climate that you're in? Um, and to discuss that. Is, that, is that how you see the next few months? Yep, that's it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I think, I haven't actually opened it yet, but a package arrived recently. I've got it here on my desk, which I think is Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy, which I'm looking forward to, to reading. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that will inform our conversations. I had a lot of people recommend that to me, which does tap into the um, yeah the, the, the connection between abortion and transgenderism and, and other 
related issues. So yeah. um, that's going to be one focal point. But yeah, what's that? Yeah, I'm what's that to. again, Dave? And then I'll I'll put that into the show notes as well. That's that's Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. I haven't yet read it, so I'm not I'm not yet recommending it. I've had a lot of people recommend it to me, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, I think we're going to bring that into our conversations a bit. See what this person has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and it's 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 interesting that. Um, just anecdotally, although some people wouldn't see the connection immediately between transgenderism and abortion, or even just the whole LGBT thing and abortion, mm-hmm. like at one level, it's like, what's the connection? Like most of these people, you know, well, many of them are not in sort of f- f- naturally fertile relationships anyway. What's what's the what's the connection? But actually, there's a deep connection, and it is something you also see mm-hmm. at a surface level, and a lot of the people that come out against us on the streets or online are the LGBT lobby because actually what's at the heart of these issues is that is, is very much one and the same issue, mm-hmm. um, yeah, which is. is something we're going to explore. Yeah. One, one of the things I forgot to mention just then was actually very much on, on my heart and in my mind today. And I'll, I'll say something about that. Maybe we can talk around this a bit more. It needs more time. Um, but that is predestination. And, um, so, so those are the three things again. So it would be the transgender uh, ideology, um, intercession prayer and activism, and then local church asking us to think about our spiritual communities and so on. But within that, I want to talk about predestination as well. I think that's that's very very important as we talk about that. So I, I guess Dave, do you want to maybe go into the bits that you've got in your mind today? Because I know that you've had a couple of things just burning away. Yeah, sure. I mean, these are just things that came up recently. I think that they are germane to what we're talking about. So I thought it's worth just just mentioning these the very current. So, and in fact, another one came up since I even sent you an email earlier today that I found out, which was um, that uh, a key court uh, ruling, which said that uh, children under 16 year olds could not get transitioning treatment. Um, there was a case in which... Um, uh, someone who essentially the story is this this girl got that kind of treatment when she was very young mm-hmm. and then she later on said essentially why did you let me do that i was a child i wasn't old enough to make that decision you shouldn't is, have is this the me. christian concern thing yeah that's right yeah um so so initially she won that case and and the um and therefore the outcome was clinicians couldn't start this kind of treatment for children because they're children they're not old enough to make that kind of decision but sadly that decision i saw just today has been reversed and so now all over again, clinicians can say, well, you know, if we judge a child is mature enough to make that decision, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. crack on. So mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. um, interesting in the light of what I, the one of the other two things I was wanting to talk about, which is uh, for those who've been listening in, you will have heard us talk a bit about the vaccine and the vaccine ethics, talking about fetal cell lines, the connection between the COVID-19 vaccines and the baby genocide and organ harvesting, which continues today. But uh, uh, an additional ethical issue with these vaccines is the way it's now being offered to school children up and down the country, 12 to 15-year-olds. And these 12 to 15-year-olds have been told that they are able to overrule their own parents. If they Mm -hmm. want the vaccine and their parents say no or vice versa, the child will be sovereign. I say the child will be sovereign. It's actually a battle between the state and parents because children are children. They're yeah. not old enough mm-hmm. to make certain decisions for themselves. That's why they're under people's care. That's why they're classified as vulnerable people, etc. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but there's a connection here. And only yesterday, last night, I was on a prayer call with some other people. Um, and I, I, I shared a dream that I'd had, which I felt was significant to do with this issue. And someone else in the prayer call responded by saying, what you're, what you're lighting upon there is the fact that there is a connection wherever um, parental authority is undermined and whenever the child's choice is elevated, it sets a precedent in case law, in culture, in people's expectations. And if you say the child gets to say yes or no in one realm, be that the vaccine, it makes it easier in another, i.e. transitioning. And of course, what's further down the line, sexual consent. Mm-hmm. If a child says, I consent, mm-hmm. a precedent has been set in different spheres mm-hmm. to say, we we judge the child as old enough. The reality mm-hmm. is a child is a child. They're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're being, at, at best, they're being used for, politi- for, for, for various political agenda. At worst, they're being um, absolutely abused for wicked personal ends. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all these issues are equal or whatever, but there's a connection and mm-hmm. there's a precedent being set. So the, the 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 fact that the government is just starting to roll out these vaccines, these where, where the, the long-term effects are simply unknown mm-hmm. and children don't need them. COVID-19 does not pose a, a risk of any significance to children and against parental authority. And the vaccine doesn't even um, prevent transmission anyway. Uh, it may reduce. We don't really know yet. There's no mm-hmm. good data. Yeah, this is really significant. But people are not getting how significant this is. This mm-hmm. is really significant, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, it does connect with these other issues because, yeah. for one thing, it's about how we're treating our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's disturbing, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it should be disturbing. It should it should make us feel very homesick. Mm. Mm. Um. For those listening who might not know, the same principle has been very much in the in the press in the last two or three weeks with regards to the Scottish government's similar stance, not to do with vaccines, but to do with what you've just said there, that word transitioning. It's just terrible. Mm. I don't even like using that word. Mm. I talk transitioning in film editing, not in, right, yeah. you know, um, it's just a sacrilege of English language, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. the Scottish government giving that same... Um, power in effect to the to the child hmm. to to make decisions and in, encouraging it, encouraging yeah. that in, in a sense what they're saying. If your parents disagree with you, don't worry about it. Hmm. Come to us, we'll sort you out. Yeah, that's that's a very crude paraphrase, but that is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to make the point, if it might not be obvious to everybody, that what's going on here really is an erosion of the family. It's 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 a it's like the it's the giant Jenga thing, and you know, talk about a, a bedrock, foundational bedrock of any kind of social cultural stability. It's this it's the removing of, you know, the 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 core foundation of the family is is to is to for the state to come in and and supersede the parental uh, mm. responsibility. You know, the old adage, "I blame the parents." Well, um, you might not be able to say that. Um, for too much longer, but there there is that that sense in which it's the family being attacked and the, and Satan is raging against the family, you know. Um, yeah. So so transgender ideology, it's important for us to deal with these subjects very carefully, 
um, studiously, scripturally, and we're going to do that. And again, that's that's why it's often a joy. It's always a joy for Mary to be here to give us a a lady's input and perspective as well. Um, so those two things, Dave. It, was there was there anything else? Uh, there was, a, yeah, there was a third. And thanks, by the way, for what you said about the language, because again, that is so important. That there's there's so much messing around with words that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, transition. It's not transitioning. It's it's abuse. It's mutilation. Mm-hmm. Transi- it's transitioning ex- was never meant to mean that. No, no, and 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 and, do- and doesn't and, mean that actually. Anyway, no, sorry. yeah, no, and 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 also this idea that we're empowering the child. It's like no, no children are children. They do not have. It's not their role. It's not their. It's not the God given design that children mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. decisions like that for themselves. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's just not the design. So you, it's it's not empowering the child. It's empowering the state. Mm-hmm. The child is being battered mm-hmm. from, from well. It's being the child is being robbed from the right and natural context of care and protection, yeah. and is being placed into the hands of the state for them to carry out a different agenda mm-hmm. on them. But of course, it's cloaked in this language of empowering and the mm-hmm. individual and mm-hmm. choice and so on. It's mm-hmm. it's a nonsense, um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's dangerous. And and, and I hope that people can catch the urgency of all this because what we're talking about is, is children primarily. Yes. With yes. Tra- your LGBT stuff affects adults, but there's a, there's an especially urgent edge to all of this because it's about children. It's mm-hmm. about children who, mm-hmm. who are growing up now um, from earlier stages in an environment where they're told things that are untrue, mm-hmm. that are unhelpful, they're unsound. Mm-hmm. And they're told this by authorities that they naturally respect. Mm-hmm. And, and and the authorities that might speak otherwise are being silenced and mm-hmm. and, and weakened. So, th- mm-hmm. please, if you're listening to this and you don't you don't like thinking about these issues or you think it's not relevant, just understand that mm-hmm. if yeah. nothing else, if nothing else, this is about the children and it really matters. Mm-hmm. Most vulnerable in society um, mm. felt that particularly to do with the vaccines and the, the you know, mm. we talk we often think about children as being most vulnerable as are the elder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the eldest mm-hmm. population, and that was very much the mm-hmm. case with the vaccines, you know, them being given the vaccines first, and maybe they weren't mm-hmm. quite as aware of what was going on as, as some younger people and all that kind of stuff. So, there again, it's a demonic, satanic strategy that we're not oblivious to. We can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just to, just to, to, to without making too fine a point on that, Dave, we are now living in the days, if we're not already, we will be very soon, where a baby is born and midwife, nurses, turn to each other, question, boy or a girl, and it's very much now, well, TBC. Mm-hmm. That we're living in days now where that that is pretty normal mm-hmm. and reasonable and civil and all these other things that, that again, the, the, the strategies that, that are spiritual. I want to talk about that. If we can get our, to pull our attention to some scripture just to, before we finish today. Mm-hmm. Um, about that. I want to just make another quick point to do with what you were just saying there and encouraging people to listen and to try and take on board what's going on here because when David Robertson and I did, this is maybe three or four years ago, and that is quite an important period of time, we did some stuff on transgender. And it was David, actually, who I think had referred to, excuse me, had referred to state-sponsored child abuse. It was shortly after that that somebody from the Crown Prosecution Service followed my blog. And that wasn't an innocuous kind of, it just turns out there's a born-again believer at the CPS, although I hope there is. 
um, and that they were just interested genuinely. No, there was something more malign going on there. And um, so it's just to make the point that, again, guys listening to this, this is very much in keeping with what I'm saying at the minute in terms of encouraging folk to really uh, support this this ministry. This is a ministry, um, whether that be physically, financially, or just simply as rating a podcast and giving a quick two-line review. It's the principle that I think is really important, which is often where the church becomes quite vulnerable itself, which is the, the mentality and the attitude, which is, well, those guys are talking about it, just leave it to them. God bless them. And we might there might be some token support in passing. Do you know what I mean? It's important mm. that Christians, everybody listening to this, and this is, I think, again, the role of spiritual leadership, whether you recognize yourself, Dave, or myself as as being spiritual leaders or not, you know, we're not we don't need to be we don't need to have a salary in a church to have spiritual authority or spiritual leadership. And that's that's a basic kingdom principle. Um, is to make this point, and it's to encourage the the is to encourage the people of God to take responsibility. That's what I'm trying to say. And if you're, and again, this is this is why it touches on some of the stuff that we we'll talked about towards Christmas. Is your church talking about this? Are your church leaders talking about this or not? Um, it's to encourage guys. Please, please do support what we're trying to do. Please don't leave us out on a limb by tuning into this podcast and hearing us talk about it, and then either not doing much about it. Or not supporting us, or not rating it, or not reviewing it, or not forwarding it to a you know, be involved in the conversation, um, because we all have responsibility. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, and and the other side is relentless. I mean, it was if we're talking about the abortion lobby, the LGBT lobby, they're relentless. I mean, they they, they lost this court this this court case. They lost it recently. This is a, I can't remember exactly when it was. I mean, I think it's a few months ago. They came back again. They got it overturned. They they have their they they have their connections, they have their their resources, and they absolutely go for it. And by comparison, the church is very quiet, very uninterested, and we have our part to play. And we and 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 a lot of this is on our heads that we have not made a noise. We're not defending the children. We 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 are being cowardly, and and that's a serious charge. Mm. You look at what the scripture says about the cowardly and whether or not they inherit the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it's one of those sort of acceptable Christian sins, isn't it, in the church today? To be cowardly, it's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, well, I that, don't really well, that, like... <laughs> that, that touches on what you, the other point you were going to say, maybe yeah. just in, in passing to do with this, is it is it Christian to, to cause offence? And yeah. before going... I don't know. I'm, I'm tantalised here because my mind's going off in a direction, Dave, and I, I love these sessions. I mean... Even if no one listened to it, you and I are blessed. Um, although I'm very underdressed today, so apologies for that. I've just been to the gym. Um, is it Christian's cause offence? And I want to just maybe ask all of us now to think about our parents. Or, or I know that for, that's, a, that's, that's a risk because some people might not have positive um, families are fraught often with difficulties. But maybe maybe not specifically your mum or your dad, but maybe you think about your spouse or somebody who's dear to you, who who means the world to you. And then you think about them being slandered in some way. Think about your response to that emotionally, what you would do, and how how unnatural and how how weird and unnatural and unthinkable in many ways it would be for you to for your response to that to be to do nothing. Yes, there are in uh, in many churches, in most churches, in all churches, uh, 
there is a remnant of faithful people but that is not um, as it were a stable situation because uh, the remnant of people within that remnant have continually to ask what is my place here now because what we're talking about here is ultimately one thing and that is the glory of the father isn't it mm. Well, that, that's why we're on the planet. That's why the world exists. Everything exists for the, for his glory, not because he was in lack and lonely in the, in the Godhead, but because he wanted to, uh, well, it's a, longer, it's a longer conversation to do with the grace of God and the sovereignty and the apex of that sovereignty and so on. But everything, everything that we need to be, familiar. so my point is simply, and we've made this point before, Dave, that if if we are in love with God and if if we are compelled and motivated by the glory of him, as we all should be, that's not just a personality thing, then we will uh, talk about certain things. And that touches on what you're about to, to say, I think, to do with where I think regardless of how something is perceived, you will say certain things and ask certain questions, even yeah. if that is unreasonably offensive to some yeah, I mean, for people who've been listening in, you'd have heard us already looking into subjects, lifting the lid on things that that not many do, uh, and 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 the general reason for that is they're controversial, they're uncomfortable, they're offensive sometimes. Now, just the other day, it's a whole other story uh, we don't have to talk about now, but um, we're I've been involved in some street work in Norwich. We were doing a public education display, showing people the reality. Um, of abortion, engaging people on the streets, speaking with them, sharing the gospel, etc. Generally, this this passes without uh, incident. But on this particular occasion, there were some protesters coming out against us. Interestingly, quite clearly, um, some of the, the sort of pro transgender sort of crowd were were, were there. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the display, towards the end, one of my team got punched um, and hurt herself quite badly. By a girl, another woman, wasn't it? By another woman. And um, and when the police eventually showed up, they essentially said to us, what you have done by causing offence, by upsetting people's feelings, is just as bad and just as likely to be found, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a crime in court as as the lady who assaulted your colleague. So, uh, and, and we're pursuing that. And, you know, there are letters of complaint from lawyers and so on. And that's all, that's all kind of, moving forward but what happened was i got, I got a call from a chap the, the the following day who watched the, the round table discussion on christian concern we're talking about this is causing offense a crime or is it equivalent to the to the crime of battery but he was going for a more basic question than that which was he was basically saying look i don't think it's right that a christian should offend that's that's not the christian spirit to offend you know we need to be you, you don't want to um insult people hurt their feelings and so on and so although he wanted to say he supported what we did and so on, the reality is he, he, he doesn't. He he thinks we're wrong because we've caused offence. And he was citing various passages to try and support that, that view. And it's a really important question because if it's true that it's never okay for a Christian to offend, then we wouldn't be doing these podcasts. And in fact, um, the Bible wouldn't exist. You know, I mean, it's just the fact of causing offence, not willfully, not not without reason, not without boundaries and 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 you know and so on. But if we're to say it's offense is always wrong, a Christian must never offend. Um, I, I wonder what book we're reading because mm-hmm. you look at the prophets, you look at the apostles, you look at Jesus. 
and they are constantly offending people mm-hmm. to the point that they get put to death. I mean, mm-hmm. most of them. Most mm-hmm. of the Bible's written by people who are put to death for being offensive. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's the... Uh, I mean, perhaps we assume this too much, but it is the foundation of a lot of what we're doing here, which is it is not only okay sometimes for the Christian to offend, it's absolutely necessary. You cannot be a faithful Christian minister of any kind, and we're all ministers in a sense, mm-hmm. if you will never offend. Yeah. And, and the word provoking is important to understand. Somebody was, I was chatting with somebody recently and wanted me to try, wanted to suggest that, again, it sounds very similar in, in the conversation to the conversation you've had. Provoking is not a bad thing. We talk about provoking people to faithfulness, and really what that means is you're provoking people out of this kind of laissez-faire, I'm not thinking, I'm just lapping everything up, and actually sometimes you need to shake people in order to get them to think, you know, and I know you know that. Um, So being offensive is sometimes willful. It is. Yes. And, and it's yeah. not, and, it, and it's not that your the motivation or the the rationale for for willfully offending is to, in a sense, pull down the church. It's it's very much the opposite. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so you know, I agreed with this chap that that there is a general attitude of gentleness, respect, um, you know, submission being peace-loving, considerate, all of these are are clear biblical commands. Mm -hmm. Um, But they clearly do not mean that you must never do something which could be taken uh, offensively, Mm -hmm. whether or not you mean it offensively. And people can take offense to anything. People can take offense to, you know, the color of your T-shirt. Don't know why that popped into my head. Or my gym vest, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, but, you know, but but actually sometimes, as as I think you're saying, it's right to deliberately provoke and to deliberately stir the pot uh, again with good reason you look at the way jesus before he healed on the sabbath which he knew was going to be explosive i mean he knew that was going to wind people up before he did stuff like this he sometimes he'd stop and he'd look around and make sure everyone was watching and then he'd go and do what was going to make them hit the roof or or he he sometimes exposed publicly what people were thinking privately yeah uh, he really went for it sometimes mm. against the hypocrites the leaders of the of the day who were getting in the way of people mm-hmm. uh accessing the kingdom of god um that's just so, so, let me let me let me take us to somewhere that's that says this just just off the top of my head now because i think this this is something i'd i'd seen quite recently but i, th- I mean and it's something i i have felt and believed intuitively for years that there is a need for offense to offense is important and again we're not taking our cues primarily from Paul. We're taking our cues primarily from Jesus. There's nothing wrong with Paul, but he just isn't God. Hmm. Um, Matthew 11, okay? Matthew 11 is the chapter perhaps well known for Jesus giving this this very unique insight into his nature, into the nature of God. At the very end of the chapter, verse 28 and 29, very familiar verses to all of us. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, you'll find rest for your souls, and so on. Uh, so, so there is there is this very unusual, and it is unusual if you were to do a wider scripture in terms of when Jesus talks about his own heart like this. Um, Dane Ortland's book, um, Gentle and Lowly, is worth reading. It, this is in the same chapter. Okay, it's the same discourse. As a few a few uh, bits uh, a few verses earlier, where Jesus talks of John the Baptist, saying, "From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, 
and the violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John and so on and so forth. So in the one discourse, in the one chapter, we have this insight into the gentle loneliness of God and we have in the same passage this um, essentially saying to us all, we need to have an element of spiritual violence about us. So it's, I think it's, it's lancing this, this misunderstanding about what gentleness and humility, mm. Christ-likeness ultimately is like. You know, this yeah. chap, this, the Christians, and I don't know if we can go there now, but Christians who want to, because they're not just saying, hey, it's subtle, but they're not just saying, Dave, we, should, we shouldn't be offending they're saying that and they're saying, and you're wrong, you're wrong, because you are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and that just goes to show you the sort of the, fa- the fallacy that's afoot here, because you can't please everyone. It's about who you're going to please. It's about which side you're going to take. So sure, you can choose not to offend the, the transgender lobby who are trying to, uh, some of them, trying to um, perform FGM on children. You can choose not to offend them. But what's that also choosing? That's a, that's choosing to to leave vulnerable children to be exploited and abused. Yeah. So, so it's about choosing, isn't it? Are you going to stand up for the vulnerable children for their actual welfare, or are you going to choose to protect the feelings of people with ill intent? So, and of course, above all of that, are you going to offend God by your actions, mm-hmm. um, or are you going to offend the world? And and you you it, that is the choice. You know, the, the scripture is clear: friendship with the world is enmity with God. You have to make a choice. You cannot. It's a, it's an illusion that anyone, let alone the Christian, can walk through this world without ever causing offence. You, you, we're in a world where sin is real, evil is real, Satan's the enemy of our souls, and uh, I, I want to be deeply offensive to Satan. Otherwise, I'm probably being offensive to God. Indeed, and Amen. Yeah. Um. It's good talking, Dave. I, 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 this podcast could become an hour, and I'm keen for it to to not be. So, let's let's just say that this this is all by way of preview, isn't it? This is all by yes. way of preview for the next, and we're we're going to be dealing with these things um, provocatively, but also uh, with godliness very much in mind. Just to say this in passing, very quickly, we're supposed to live like somebody, and his name is Jesus. This is the point. We are image bearers of God. So we should be progressively becoming more like Jesus. And I think most people should say yes and amen to that. Mm. So we're not supposed to – we, we take our cues from him. Yeah, We take our cues from what's written about him. And ultimately, of course, Jesus' life ended in the way that it did. And that's, that's a yeah. sobering thing. I want us just to think about this in, in passing because I, I really do think, Dave, I mean, I know this is hard to pull all these things together quickly, but I'm hoping, Lord willing, we'll be able to do that in the months between now and the, and the new year. Um, predestination. I want to just talk about a couple of things briefly, if that's okay, because, and this again is just by way of preview, passage that's been very much on my mind when I consider these types of things. Um, I was watching a video earlier just today, actually. Apparently, it's the video that made Jordan Peterson famous. And he was outside his university where he was teaching somewhere in Canada and, you know, surrounded. It was like a, it was like a, a scene from, from the book of, like in Ephesus, you know. He was surrounded by these 
livid and and I, I could just see him he was like he was quite animated he was quite angry he was whole he's pu- he could have been pulling his hair out he was exasperated because he was dealing with all these questions to do with why won't you use our preferred pronouns mm. et cetera et cetera now this is the passage okay it's two Thessalonians and um I'm just mentioning this because I think this introduces two big thoughts. One is predestination and the other one is what God is like. Again, just touching on what we were saying there. 2 Thessalonians 2, and this is in the passage where Paul is teaching the Thessalonians about the man of lawlessness. And I'll just read a couple of verses. Um, This is 2 Thessalonians 2 and jumping in at verse 7, just for about verse 12. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it, and I believe that's God, that's a separate study on itself, but only he who restrains it will do so until he is out of the way, as in the man of lawlessness is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So just thinking ahead to the end of the year, church, are you talking about this? Are you talking about the appearance of his coming? whether in our lifetime or not. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Now, this is the language of predestination, which we're not going to go into today. We haven't got time, but if you want to read certain passages before we talk about this, read read the book of Ephesians, particularly the first couple of chapters. But then look at this in this verse, verse 11 of, of 2 Thessalonians 2. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in righteousness. Romans 1 24 is the same. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, etc., etc. The point simply today is that um, it's a it's a wrong assumption when when you when you look at videos like Jordan Peterson surrounded by guys who are just livid. They are they are beside themselves with livid rage because Peterson won't come to the same kind of thinking as they do about transgender ideology. There is something wrong that. It's easy to to view that as all being the work of Satan. We know that it's the work of Satan, the man of lawlessness, etc. But it does say in those scriptures very clearly that God will give them over to deception. It's, it reminds me of the time where Saul was sent uh, the, the evil spirit to torment him. God sent that spirit to Saul, and David was then ministering. That's a you know. So I think there's a level of of theological study within these subjects where we're seeking to, in a godly way, provoke. We have to understand what God is like. And, 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 and to be honest, Dave, I don't know what you think, but I think to, to, to think that the world we're currently living in, again, if, you, if your heart is Godward, you should be distressed at the things we're talking about and you should feel that sense of distress and kind of like pulling your hair out with exasperation because it is it is maddening um, to think that God would be doing that, to think that God is orchestrating a level of delusion for his good purposes that are linked to doctrines that are very hard to, expre- to explain, teach, think about, such as predestination. 
I can't remember, it was either Wesley or Whitfield that viewed the doctrine of, of predestination as being from the pit of hell. And yet we have to be Bible people, don't we? Mary said it last week. We have to keep coming back to the Bible. And, and so I think, I think it would do us well as we approach some of these subjects to, to look at passages like 2 Thessalonians 2 with the context of the end of the age in mind, again, whether in our lifetime or not, and think, gosh, what would a world look like that was being utterly dominated by a delusion that God had sent? Hmm. That's what the Bible's saying. That's what I've just read. Hmm. Have you got any thoughts? Hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's just so important that we respect the sovereignty of God and that we are looking to see his hand in everything that's going on in the world. Um, and and we're, not, we're not thinking like that in the church over the last, even like the last year or two. You'd think it's an obvious question to ask, what's God doing at the moment? What's all this? What's COVID-19 about? What's the vaccine about? Is this judgment? Have we sinned? Should we repent? But there's been just almost nothing of that, uh, except for this kind of banal, all um, oh, the vaccines are a gift from God. Well, hang on. If the vaccines are a gift from God, what was what was the pandemic? Was that outside of his control? Did he send it just to cancel it with a vaccine? You know, it's so ill thought through because we don't take seriously that God is the God of history, and He's sovereign, and He's He's utterly above everything. That happens, and so we 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 desperately need to engage at that level to understand what God is doing, and therefore, yes, we're distressed, but in a sense, we're not surprised, and we know how it ends. We we know what's at the end of the book, but we need to be seeking out and understanding the times in which we're living, mm-hmm. and unless we start with the sovereignty of God, unless that's our basic premise that God is sovereign, He's not weak, He's not surprised, He's not wrong-footed by the wit of man, mm-hmm. unless we start with sovereignty, we're not going to understand anything about what's going on our day and we won't know mm-hmm. how to respond mm-hmm. and we will be deceived. So yeah. absolutely, this is this is key mm-hmm. um, in understanding. And, and, and it linked to it is, is how we engage the world, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. we, we are warned that people will be given over to a depraved mind. Um, we're, we're living increasingly in this sort of post-rational age People are saying stuff that's just so obviously it doesn't make sense. They contradict mm-hmm. themselves within just a few words. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the society we're living in. Mm-hmm. And that is shocking, but at the same time, not surprising because mm-hmm. the, 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 we're told this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it is happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would do, I mean, I, I don't know. Um Again, thinking about is this the church that you're part of? You know, would your would your leader or teacher would would they pose the question, what what does a world look like? What would a world look like where where a strong delusion sent from God was a reality? What would what would that look like and feel like for the Christian? You know, that's a really good question. Mm. Um, and I think that again, with with what we'd said earlier, just about offend of being provocative, being offensive, and again that not being. Uh, the unloving thing that the you know the squeamish church and the unsaved world would want us to think it is, um, a strong delusion. You know we we have to be spiritually violent. Again, I, I'm going to put all these verses in the show notes because it's it's impossible to do it justice in a, in any kind of succinct way. But Matthew 11, would, you'd do well to read the whole of that chapter. The passage I've just read is 2 Thessalonians 2, and then also with reference to. 
to Romans 1 as well. So, you know, think about what we're, we're talking about. Maybe read those passages and ask the Holy Spirit to shed some light for you in the context of your own spiritual communities. Shall we pray, mate? Hmm, yep. Worship your holy name, Father. Lord, we... Um, we just think about your suffering and your cross and the glory of that. The glory of your grace shown to us uniquely and preeminently in, in your cross and in your suffering and in your death. And Lord Jesus, we, um, oh, we bless you, Lord, now that you never... You never tell us to stop being too intense. You love you love our spiritual zeal and our and our longing to be faithful. I think you bless that. I think it blesses you. I think it glorifies you. And we want to do that more and more. And our desire in this world that is is anti you. We take it personally in that sense. You are our father, literally. You have adopted us, literally. We are part of your family, literally. We will be married to you literally and we take it personally that this world is so anti you and yet we want to embody your grace and embody your love and your hard straight talk and so we pray for your help to do that and we pray as well for that dynamic that we talked about earlier that the people listening that the body being built up in love would look like a realization of the need for everybody to take personal responsibility for themselves before you not looking to a church leader or pastor or, or corporate identity but to stand before you and put their hand on their heart and, and say lord i want to be wholehearted in this life whatever it means whatever it looks like you've promised us the image bearing reality of bearing a cross like you did and we we are privileged and honored to be called your disciples father so i pray Oh God, I pray for us all that you would help us, give us wisdom to navigate these these things and help us to be useful and fruitful as we put our hand to the plough. And may God help us not to look back, help us to press on in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hmm. Yes, Father, we praise you for your sovereignty, Lord. We just hmm. declare and confess, God, that you are utterly sovereign you're all powerful you are the creator of all things you're the creator of time itself lord everything is in your hands and uh, lord you know what you're doing and you will have the final word and you know the end from the beginning lord and and here we are as these tiny dots on the on the timeline of, of history and lord you know us completely um help us father to honor you Mm. Uh, in all that we say over the next few weeks Lord help us to be accurate biblically help us to have um, precise uh, insights into the culture help us to mm. bring your word to bear on what we see around us help mm. us to um, grow in, in wisdom uh, and discernment mm. Lord that we can glorify you as we um, give you the honour for what you're doing even now and what we know you will do um, Lord, we know that your victory is mm. is so total, and mm. uh, I just love the the words mm. I read recently in, in 
revelation they just stuck with me that that the lamb will defeat them because he's the king of kings and the lord of the lord and the lord of lords it's just simple that it's not hard for you but in a, in an instant nice. you defeat all your enemies and bring them to nothing simply mm. because of who you are the king of kings and the lord of lords and so we thank you for your power and your might we thank you for your grace and drawing us to yourself and bringing us onto your side mm. not because of our merits lord but because of mm. christ mm. and uh, we we wish to um be yeah fit soldiers uh, in your army um and and listening carefully to the call of our captain mm -hmm. ready to go where he sends us so we just uh, want to consecrate mm -hmm. all this to mm -hmm. you this next uh season this next uh, section of of podcast we, we we ask that they be pleasing to you a, a, a pleasant aroma mm. um lifted to you and um I pray, Lord, that you use it to draw many people into uh, mm. greater clarity mm. um, on these issues, and mm. and would encourage those to to stand who are not yet standing on certain issues, and and that we can stand together and be that voice and to bear witness against the evil and to point to the Savior. Mm -hmm. For your glory's sake, we pray mm. in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Mm. Mm. Bless your holy name, Father. We bless your name just want to read these, this verse again and then we can finish. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And Lord, I do pray for us all that we would be motivated by that. He seeks the kingdom first of all and all these things will be added to him and your righteousness. I'm trying to think of the verse, can't remember it, but the, the reality of the kingdom of heaven would be our chief longing and sense of identity and responsibility. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. So I, I do, we do pray and ask for, for, for violence in that way, spiritual violence that awakens from the, the kind of deception or, or the slumber of man-made things, churchy things being more powerful and important to us than the kingdom. So Lord, we ask for your kingdom to come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that, Lord, the hallowing of your name would be the result of all of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Into the Prayer. We trust that it's been a comfort and inspiration as well as perhaps a, a provocation towards the number one goal, which is faithfulness to the Lord Jesus. If you want to get involved with what we're doing, we've got a new way now of trying to encourage that more intentionally. Go ahead to the show notes and check out the link to the Patreon page that we've got up. Perhaps, perhaps it would be good for you to get involved in that, not just only for a financial um, contribution stroke commitment but also towards developing relationship we're open to that with people obviously within reason so go ahead check that out and until next week let's continue to pray Maranatha above all things come Lord Jesus Jesus